0: Welcome to the Rise and Thrive
1: podcast. My name is Liz Paris, and I'm Christina Cyphers. We're sisters, and we have been on a journey to get unstuck in life and learn tips, tools, and techniques to find more success, love, and happiness.
0: We want to share what we've learned with you to help you move from surviving to thriving. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Arise and Thrive. We are super excited to be with you again on this wonderful Friday. Woohoo! Hello everybody. So today we have a topic that comes up a lot in everyone's life and um, I personally titled it as what do you do when life just plain right sucks (laughs) or in other (laughs) words when you're disappointed when things you know don't turn out as planned and you know (laughs) you have to kind of change gears and switch things and so um liz and i wanted to talk about this today um i feel like a lot of times in my life i either felt like i was cheated or it was unfair and those are just kind of the words that i use um to describe it and i thought it'd be um Fun for me to start out by sharing a few um times in my life where it did feel like it was unfair. Um, this is not a negative no. podcast. It will end up being positive in some ways, but um, and I'm not sharing any of this to say, ooh, look at my life, it's you know been hard, or ooh, look at her life, it's been easy. This is my personal story. So it has nothing to do with, you know, what other people are going through. It's just things that I've gone through in my
1: life. Um, so I we- wanted to we can all relate because we've all gone through things that are disappointing for us. So, I mean, anyone who's listening can just fill in the blank with whatever it's been for them that's been hard. So that, you know, it's the same principle, just different circumstances for everybody. So as you share, we learn. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: We just wanted mm-hmm. to keep it real today. So, um after high school, I'm going to start a long time ago. I'm 32 and so um a long time ago when I graduated high school, um I applied to the Utah State. So Liz lived in Utah State and I wanted to go there. And so um, I thought that would be a good idea, but I actually didn't get in. I did not get into Utah State. My um, test scores were a little bit under what they had required. And so I didn't get it accepted. Um, So that was one thing that, you know, I felt like was kind of unfair in my life. And I actually had studied for, it was the ACT test. I took it three or four times, and I still couldn't get a high enough score to get into the University of Utah.
1: That is what it is, um, or you, right? <laughs> what? Sorry, you get into Utah State, right? You couldn't get into Utah oh, State. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Did I say University of Utah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did mean Utah State. I actually ended up graduating from the University of Utah later on, but um, I never did get into Utah State, which I wanted to go there because Liz lived there um another thing that was a disappointment so this was kind of after i got into school and i was after my mission and things like that um i got married and uh my husband and i his name is cole and we we applied for an internship with a company called dell soul you may have seen them if you've ever been to like the caribbean or mexico or different places they have a lot of stores around. the world in very warm climates and so right after we got married we thought it would be so fun to go down to cancun or puerto rico or jamaica and we'd heard of many people that did it and it was super exciting and so we signed up and we actually got assigned to go to san francisco and this was a huge disappointment for us because Cole had spent the last two summers just outside of San Francisco selling security systems. So we had both been there so many times and it just wasn't exciting. It wasn't new and exciting.
1: Yeah, it wasn't new and exciting. And it wasn't Cancun or Puerto Rico. And it was so
0: cold. And everyone says the coldest winter you'll ever have is a summer in San Francisco. And I'm here to testify that that is true. Like I wore a coat and jeans every single day because it was... Freezing there. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a big disappointment I had. Um, Another disappointment is I graduated from the University of Utah with a degree in public relations and communications and I graduated in 2008 and everyone that is a little bit older knows that 2008 was a really rough year to find a job. Um, The housing market crashed and they're just, it was a bad year. Like lots of people lost their jobs and it just wasn't a good year to graduate from college. And I had (laughs) many, many interviews, so many interviews. Like I was, I'm just a really determined person. So I was out there, you know, applying to as many jobs as I could. And I went to tons of interviews and every single interview, I usually had two or three interviews. And it was always down between me and another person that had 20 years of experience every time I lost it to that. And it was just super disappointing. I had felt so cheated to go through all this schooling. And then I couldn't even, you know, get a job. Um, And at the time I worked at T-Mobile selling cell phones and I worked there part-time and I was a pretty good sales um, person. And um, I ended up leaving there just because I was so sick of selling to go get a job at Shriners Hospital, um, where I got paid less working full-time, <laughs> but just because <laughs> I was trying to get some experience, it wasn't really in you know, PR, but it, it was um in something different. And so I switched to that, but it was just, I don't know, I never really recovered from that, I feel like, because it just it was really hard for me to go to all that schooling and then to never be able to to get a job. And I remember when the University of Utah would call me and they'd want money, you know, they call their alumni to try and get money. And I always tell them, No, I should you shouldn't be giving me money back because all the schooling I went for never even paid off. I never did anything like that. So it was kind of, it was, yeah, kind of a sliver in my finger, whatever you want to call it. But another disappointment that, um, we had as a couple, my husband. So if you've listened to the podcast before, you know, my husband is a physician and it feels like my whole life was (laughs) trying to assist him in getting his goal to become a doctor. Um, but he really wanted to go to medical school at the University of Utah. We went to the University of Utah and he applied there. And um, he even knew the Dean for letting students in. He lived a few doors down from my husband. And so we were (laughs) real hopeful, like, you know, like he grew up with this guy, went to the same church and everything. We're like, yes, like he's gonna get in. Yeah, (laughs) it's gonna work out. Like also one other thing, um, our mother, she was, this is when her dementia was getting very bad. And it was right before our dad retired. And I would actually be with our mom quite a bit. I'd go over and help shower her and help things, help her out with a lot of things and just take her out to go do things. And so I was a really big part of her caretaking. Um, And so I thought, oh, there's no way that God is gonna make us move away. Like we're gonna get into the University of Utah. I'm gonna be able to keep my job. At this time I worked at the Economic Development Corporation. So I did kind of start moving my way up and you know, in the work field. And so I was like, no, things are, you know, going really well. And um, of course, Cole did not get into the University of Utah. No, that did not happen. That, <laughs> that would be too easy. <laughs> that would have been way too easy. It would have been way too nice to be close family. I was also the only child out of four that was left in Utah. Liz moved away to Idaho. Um, and the brothers, our two brothers were in Taiwan. And so I just I felt like I was a huge part of helping out my mom and her care. And it was really devastating when um, we found out that Cole wasn't going to go to the University of Utah. It was really hard for me to have to move away from her when she was needing me, I felt like. And so we moved to Alabama and medical school is four years. And so one thing that I really learned from moving away is to not focus on in four years, this or that, was to be living in the moment. And Liz and I will talk a little bit more about that after I finish all these um, experiences of disappointment in my life. Um, But while we were in Alabama, where he was accepted to medical school, um, we lived in a town called Dothan, Alabama. And if you know me, you know that my favorite thing is um, being outside and running outside and snowboarding and mountain biking. And none of these things exist in Alabama. Yes, you can go outside, but the humidity is so bad that it is so hot. And I still ran every single day, but it was, it was so hot. And I really gained an appreciation for the West and having seasons and, and being able to go in the mountains and cool off and things like that. And so being in Alabama was a disappointment for me in so many ways. Like I had to move away from family and friends My daughter Kimber was three months old when we moved away. She was a brand new baby. It was so hard to be alone all day while my husband was at school. And then um, I didn't work um, and I could have chosen to go to work, but we looked at how much childcare costs compared to what I was making and it just wasn't worth it. And so we were living on, I I always say it was negative $19,000 a year. And that's because it was loan (laughs) money because it was money borrowed from the government that we're living on. So literally... We lived on a very small amount and we um, literally, my budget was to not spend money at this point of my life. Like it was, how can you not spend money? So we had you know rent and groceries and all those things and we made it work, but it was really hard. It was a hard time in my life. Um, And after being in Dothan for two years, which we thought, oh, we're gonna be there for four years. His school, um, they were a new school and he was the first graduating class. So they were figuring things out but they had told them that 80% of the students were going to have to move away. And I was pregnant at this time with our um, second child, Jackson. And I was like, there's no way they're going to make me move. Like I am about to burst. Like I was three weeks away from giving um, birth to him. And they did make us move, of course. Like I remember when uh, my husband came home from school and told me, Um, or he called me actually and said, Hey, we didn't get a spot here in Dothan. We're going to have to move to Gunnersville, Alabama, which Gunnersville, Alabama. Sorry. I didn't know I was going to get so emotional about this, but it was so difficult for me. It was another four hours away and I didn't know anyone. And we had to get everything up and move and go to Gunnersville so that he could continue his training up there. And during this time, I was um i got an autoimmune disease um called idiopathic thrombocyopenia purpura it it goes by itp because the name is so (laughs) so hard to say say that three times fast (laughs) (laughs) so yeah during our time in in gunnersville i got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease i had to move away to a really foreign land if you've ever you've never never even heard of Gunnersville it's a tiny tiny lake town the only people that live there are people that either have like a vacation home there or there's like a very small population that actually live there and work there and so we had to go there and I it seriously was the hardest part of my life like I have it completely blocked out of my life because it was so difficult I had to go to the cancer center almost every, I think it was every two or three days to get treatments for my ITP because with ITP, your, um, your body destroys your platelets. And so if you're going about to give birth, you need to have some platelets so that your blood can clot, so you don't bleed to death. But what they didn't tell me was that my antibodies could transfer to Jackson, my baby. And so Right after he was born, um, my antibodies transferred to him and the birth went fine, but a few hours after they found that my antibodies were destroying his platelets and so he got transferred to the NICU in Huntsville, Alabama, which was an hour away and my angel sister, she knew that she needed to be there and she got there just in time. She got there and Jackson was born within 12 hours. And so she was able to watch Kimber while we were at the NICU with Jackson. And he is okay now, but it took two weeks of getting platelets and IVIG and just so many things that had to happen for hit for my antibodies to Calm down and for his body to start working properly. And so that was just another part of my life that I felt like was very difficult, a very difficult trial that we had to go through. Um, after uh, Gunnersville, Alabama, we were able to move to Idaho to be close to Liz. And that was such a, an awesome time. So we moved to Idaho, but it was also a really hard time because I moved to Idaho and Kimber and Jackson <laughs> moved to Idaho. And Cole moved to Michigan and New York City, and he was um, trying to get a surgery spot because he really felt impressed that he should be a surgeon. And so in um, fourth year of medical school, um, all of your rotations are... Um, focused on what you want to do as a doctor and so he had to go and travel to where all the surgery spots were and so he did that and it's kind of like you're auditioning to get a spot there and so he was gone for a total of nine months and so I was alone with two small kids um, in Idaho I, I did live near Liz and it was it was just really hard to be away from him for that long but Later on in the story, I'll talk about how that actually made some things easier, but it wasn't in my plan to, you know, to live away from my husband while I have two small kids. And that was a disappointment. And after that, um, he didn't even end up getting a surgery spot. Like We sacrificed so much for him to get this surgery spot that we both felt like, you know, he's going to be a surgeon. That's what it's going to be. And then, nope, nope, that didn't work out. And so he after that he scrambled it's called scrambling. So if you don't get a spot for residency, then all the doctors that didn't get into their spot, they scramble and try and pick a spot where there's an opening. And the only open spot in the western United States was in a town called Pueblo, Colorado. I knew nothing about Pueblo, Colorado. And I, I thought when when he said it's either Pueblo, Colorado or Michigan. Those were the only two places we could go. And I was like, heck no, I'm not going to Michigan. I don't know anything about it, but I do know things about Colorado because I'm from Utah. And so I was like, yeah, Colorado is close, you know, closer to home, closer to the mountains. However, Pueblo, Colorado um, happens to be the furthest town away from Salt Lake City, Utah. So we were closer though, than we were in Alabama. In Alabama, we were a 27 hour drive Uh, to get home, which we did quite a few times because we didn't really have money to fly. And Pueblo, Colorado is a nine, um, nine and a half hour drive. uh,
1: grade, (laughs) woohoo. Yeah, (laughs) close. (laughs) center. Yeah, so there, yeah. But it was um,
0: the lowest paid residency in the United States. So there was that. Um, And I'm gonna add, and this is my opinion, that the hardest worked residency in the United States. They worked my husband to death if anyone's listening on here that um is was a residency, a resident in Pueblo, then kudos to you guys, because you guys survived a lot. <laughs> and I think all <laughs> residencies are hard, but I know that for us, that one was really difficult. Um one good thing that happened in Pueblo though, is I made some amazing friends. So that did happen, that was good. And um, I also was able to grow my photography business a lot there. But one really terrible thing that happened while we were there is um, our mom passed away and that was really hard. Um, she was uh, 50, Liz, how old was she when she passed?
1: Um, Actually, 65. Six,
0: Yeah, 65.
1: 66. She was actually 66. Okay, yeah.
0: So our mom passed when she was 66. And for you have to know a little bit of the history of this. So she had had dementia pretty bad already for 10 years before she passed. But the last three years were very difficult. And I wasn't even nearby, um, which made it hard because I would have liked to have helped out with things. But our dad was such a trooper and he took care of her for those last three years. And, um, so that was another hard thing where I think both Liz and I, you know, feel a little bit cheated that we didn't get a mom for those last 10 years. And then our mom died at such a young age. And so that's been something hard that we've had to deal with. Um, and then after, so Pueblo was a pretty good place. I liked being there. I liked my friends there. And I, we were planning on staying there for another three years. So residency is three years. And then my husband was going to get a GI, a gastroenterology spot there. That would be a great plan. So that was the plan. He worked really hard, worked extra hours in gastroenterology, knew all the doctors and that. Like we thought for sure he's going to get a spot. They picked one person, you know, from the hospital. And in his year, he was like the only person that really wanted it. And then they picked, you know, another student that's from different state or whatever so we're like he's gonna get the spot but of course no he didn't get the spot no like why would that happen so that was another huge disappointment is you know we were planning we had bought a house there we were planning to stay there for a few years um and then nope he didn't get a spot and now all of a sudden everyone else had already had a job because the way they do the medical stuff it just doesn't make sense but everyone already had their job but people that wanted to do a specialty they you know they had to wait and see if they got a specialty And of course, if you didn't get a specialty, then you're scrambling to get a job. So then I spent the next couple of weeks researching um, jobs for my husband in Utah because my goal, I wanted to get back home to Utah. I wanted to get back home to the mountains, my friends, family.
1: The dream. Yeah,
0: live the dream. I was like, I put in my time. I put in my seven years of schooling. It's time I get to go back home. But of course, there were no jobs in Utah, not even one and it just wasn't the right thing, even though I, no matter how bad I wanted it, it just wasn't the right thing for us. So we did not end up in Utah. We ended up in the closest city that you could possibly be, I think, to almost being in Utah. And that's Grand Junction, Colorado, which is where I am at right now. And since being in Grand Junction, Colorado, we have found out that our dad is diagnosed with um, a terminal cancer. and both Liz and I have been taking turns, taking care of him. He needs somebody with him almost 24 hours a day right now. And so we're lucky and honored to be spending that time with him, but it has been a challenge being, you know, even four hours away. And Liz also is almost four hours away too up in Idaho. And so we switch off every week and a half or two weeks and take turns to be with him and take him to his appointments, and so this is my story. This is my story of of my life and the challenges that I've had and the disappointments that I've had, but anyone that knows me always says, Christina, you are so positive. Wow, you're such a happy person, and it's true. I, no matter how things aren't going in my life, I try to make the best of it, and when i lived in alabama everyone thought i loved it there they thought alabama was my favorite place in the whole world they probably thought i was gonna live there for the rest of my life i remember um some friends in utah when i had, when we were done and i said oh i'm so glad we're not alabama where they're like i thought you loved it there and i'm like yeah when i was there i loved it i made the best of it it was awesome and there's some really good things about alabama i made some awesome friends there um it was a different world almost than the west there's different food and different people, and I learned to, you know, live on a budget and I, I learned to different things about the South. I mean, if you've ever been to the South, it's a fun place. The people there are fun, the people are amazing. We've had you tried few- You so tried was, boiled, boiled peanuts, right? Yeah, I tried, tried boiled peanuts <laughs> and just the culture out there. It was fun to learn and to get to see it. And so when we're going through these things and and if anyone's listening to this, and you know they have they have to live in somewhere where it might not be your number one spot you can really learn to love where you live and you can still learn to find you know maybe i don't get to go snowboarding you know while i was there but um i still got to run i i got to go to the peanut festival the largest peanut festival in the world and there were a lot of cool things that i gotta experience out there um and well a few other things that i i have some notes right here that i wanted to add was um with my the health problems that i've had and with jackson having to go through the nicu i am grateful every single day for my children's health like i look at him and almost get into tears sometimes because i'm so grateful that he made it out of the nicu and that modern medicine was able to heal him and that those doctors were able to get him better and it's given me such a greater respect for my husband and what he does and i never complain if he's late and i never complain if he gets called into work or anything because i know what an important job that it is to have good doctors and good healthcare workers out there so i i'm grateful for that experience and being able to have that gratitude and to know you know how important it is that he's out there caring for people and helping them get better because of my experience with Jackson being in the NICU. And also along those lines, because when Cole was trying to get his surgery spot and, you know, was gone for so long, I have such an appreciation when he's around. Some people who maybe your spouses are around a lot more, you don't really, you don't really know what it's like. I know a lot of military families, you know, their husbands can be gone for even a year. And when you go through that, when you, when you do have them, you appreciate it so much more, the little time that you do get to spend together with them. So that's another good thing that's come out of this whole experience for me. Um, so Liz and I want to talk about a few tips that we have when life just isn't going right, or when, you know, unexpected things happen. And the first thing that we wanted to talk about is Um, being in the moment and being present. So my husband's training took seven years. That is a long time, you guys. And there wasn't, there were some days where I think, oh, wow, it's going to be so much better in three years. But I tried to never think like that. I tried to always just look at that day. And what can I do today to make today awesome? What can I do today to make it more enjoyable or to get through this day? And some things that I did were exercise. I, if you know me, I exercise almost every day. It, it helps so much when you're in that. Some other things is make some good friends. If you make friends in that area or um, you know, at your church or just whoever you can, it makes it more enjoyable to have a community and people to um, have relations with and to go out to lunch with or to go swimming with or to do activities with your kids with. Some other things is having a relationship with God. Someone that you can talk to that knows exactly what you're going through, or if you don't believe in God, a higher power, just having, believing that there's something out there that's greater than you. And Liz, I know you wanted to elaborate more on living in the moment. So I know I've talked almost this whole time. Why don't you take it away? No,
1: great. Well, first, I just want to honor your uh, experiences and your struggle because it, it takes a lot to share, you know, those innermost parts of our hearts and the things that have been hard for us. And so, um, you know, even just when we have things that come up that aren't what we expected, because, you know, you've heard that quote that says life is what happens while you're making other plans. And it's like you think your, your vision or what you think it should look like is over here, but then what's happening is over on the other side. And it's just different. How, how it looks is different from how it looks in your mind or your kind of setup that you have that is your ideal. And just even thinking about, you know, you had ITP, you lived in different locations and that didn't really excite you or, or opportunities that you thought would come about and then they didn't. And it's just, There's so much to learn from these disappointments and this loss and almost grieving. And you almost have to grieve when something doesn't come about that you want to have happen in your life, your future experiences or opportunities that you'll never have that you thought you might, you know? And so I think it's really important as you're going through this to have a lot of love, self-love for yourself and compassion and taking time for yourself. And um, we actually just did an interview with Kristen Bowen, too. And it'll come on in a week or two. We'll air it. But she she talked about how she was going through a hard time and her husband lost two of his limbs and, um, and she just had to lower her expectations. And I think that's so important. You know, we can, we can control what we can. You know, like Christina, she's out making friends and she's exercising and doing all the things that she can to make her day great but also lowering your expectations, maybe on your spouse, you know, like when Cole was away and things like that. And, and I'm sure you had to do that. You know, you're just like, okay, he's late for dinner. That's okay. And so lowering expectations, I think is huge. Self-love and self-compassion is huge and taking time for you. Like the fact that you took time to go and exercise and do all those things is so important. And I think bringing in gratitude for what you do have, like now you have this amazing gratitude for your son's healthy body. For Jackson's healthy body and just being you know around him and watching him grow and and be healthy and happy and moving around and and not in a hospital or a um you know an ICU so um it's just it it gives so much perspective when we go through these kinds of things and I think that's it's so important to remember that but also to honor that struggle and and mourn those things because when when they're taken away from us and we think we're going to have them it's really hard. You know, I've been here with dad for a couple of weeks now and um, he has mesothelioma sarcoma. It's a lung cancer and things. And his, his pain is incredible. (laughs) And they have finally gotten it to a good spot right now, but um, at least managing it some, and he just went through radiation and, and just being here. I, you know, I'm a life coach and I do energy work and I help other people with their struggles. Right. But um, being here, and and I thought I'm going to keep a a positive attitude, I'm going to keep a high vibration and keep moving and and keep my momentum going. And, and you know, you have different times where you are at a different level, but then the grief kind of hits. And you have to let it, you have to let it take its course, you have to cry the tears, you have to feel those emotions. Um, And for me, I kind of just lowered my expectations the last couple of days of what I could get done. And I said, I'm going to get this done, but I'm going to let these other things go. And so that's been helpful. But even this morning, um, you know, Christina said being present, living in the moment. And I think one thing, sometimes we, we try to keep the outward things all going. We stay busy. We avoid kind of what's going on inside and how we really feel with a bunch of distractions kind of outside of us. And I actually realized this morning that I just needed a really good, like, self-love moment and to really just lay down and meditate this morning. And so I just 12 minutes put on a guided meditation about self-love and I just let it flow through me and just really kind of clean me out. And I got done and I was like, yes, (laughs) yes, because when we can turn off the struggle I think sometimes when we're in that nothing's working out and everything's a struggle and, you know, there's all this stuff and these wheels are always turning. If we can turn off the wheels and just go inside and really connect with self and be present um, with our kids and things like that. But just taking that moment in, you know, the early morning or whenever to just have that moment with ourselves and really connect and go inside and open ourselves up, open up our heart for love. Because I think sometimes when we're going through that, we feel almost like a victim or like everything's kind of crashing in and it's never going to get better. And we kind of spin these stories. So we have to almost stop the stories that are going on on the sides and just really breathe and really get grounded and um, go inside and, and see how we're feeling inside and really just be real with ourselves and kind of slow down and I think that's my biggest thing as I've gone through disappointments or grieving. And especially just right now, you know, it kind of hits you broadside. It's like you're doing fine. And then, you know, you go to Costco and wait for three hours for a prescription, or or you go five times that day, and and that's when <laughs> you just can't handle anymore, you know. And so then the tears are coming. And it's like it's a refining process because when what happens is. Uh, We have these these things, these circumstances, these incidences, these life experiences that are rubbing us and and it's rubbing off and refining our rough edges. And just like gold, when gold is being purified, when it at that last point in the process, it has to get superheated. And that's when the impurities surface, And so I think this whole year for a lot of people like with COVID and stuff has been kind of that it's been like, okay, the heat is on, the pressure's on, the stress is on. And, um, and so almost doing that self love, keeping your reserves in a healthy spot, you know, meditating, being present, having that gratitude, lower your expectations, but really connecting with self and, and loving yourself through it because it's. Sometimes we're mad that it can't be different and, you know, get that, those feelings out and everything, your yuck kind of comes out. There's anger, frustration and grumpy. We get upset because we can't do our normal flow of our schedule or fit in the amount of things that we would normally do, you know? And so I think just going in and and connecting with self instead of keeping that struggle going even inside, because it creates storms inside of us. We have the storms outside. If we're not connected inside, then it just continues. And it it's hard. It's hard to, to get out of that, that struggle and that frustration. But I think taking that time slowing down, that's what's really helped me that self love and compassion, taking the time to meditate and be present. And yes, reach out and, and have great experiences with other people and really be present. Like the other day, I was whole uh, last night, actually, my dad and I, we, we were a praying family, and we knelt down to say our prayers. And just uh, held my dad's hand as we're praying. And um, floods of memories came back of my dad and his amazing hands and how much he served me and how I'm not gonna see those hands, you know, maybe even I know in a year, they're probably gone. It might only be three months and uh, just that gratitude for what we have right now. We don't, you know, we've got struggle in the past or other things. We may have a really hard diagnosis in our future, but all we have right now is this moment, this moment that is so beautiful. If we just look in and get present and let other things go and just love in that moment. So that's that's my learning this last little bit. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah.
0: I think so, so. I'm cry to you guys today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. This was a this was a, a needed episode for us probably. Just some releasing and, and yet some rejoicing and, and celebrating as we've moved through things. Um I guess I, wanna, I
0: can I want to add one more thing before the yep. oops moment. One thing that I have learned being the daughter of Marla and Vincent Fure is never wait to seize a moment. If you want to go to Alaska on a trip, go for it because tomorrow is not promised for us. So if you have any dreams or trips or desires, or you want to get your patio finished, or you want to, you've always wanted to paint your room blue, just go for it. What are you waiting for? There's We, we, tomorrow is not promised in our lives. And that's one thing that I've learned more and more is if you have dreams or desires, that you need to just go for it and do what you want to do because time is very, very precious. And so that's one other thing I want you to take away from today's episode.
1: For sure. Um, our dad, I don't know if you mentioned his VW bus, he's always, yeah, always wanted this VW bus. And, and it's, I had to step out for one second, so I wasn't sure, but um, he, he's always wanted that. And we're just hoping we're working for this so that he can drive this VW bus before he, before he goes. But yeah, there's, there's so many, so many lessons to be learned. (laughs) Um, So I, I have an oops moment and I was going to share one, but I think I'm going to share a different one because this is kind of yeah, I have two. I guess I'll, I'm going to go with, with the one that happened more recently. So um, my little four-year-old this summer um, happened to come across, my sons were cutting apples with this knife, chopping, chopping, chopping. And one of my sons left it out and the little four-year-old found it. And it, it's a new knife. So it was very interesting to him. And he took it and he was cutting his fingernails and slipped and he he cut into the joint of his left hand, the first finger, and really deep and he got a nerve and a two tendons and a ligament. And um, of course, you know, it was very traumatic. Lots of blood and kids screaming and me screaming and us getting to the emergency room. And anyway what I learned through all of this, this was a big oops moment for all of us. Cause we're like, whoops, we should uh, be a little more careful with knives and things, but just in this spirit of gratitude for our time and our bodies and these experiences, like we, we got the bill back for, you know, the surgery to put piece back together, ligaments and nerves and all the things. And it was, it was a good amount of money and uh, and, and, Just as I thought about how just these four little, little lines that run through his finger, you know, the nerve, two tendons and a ligament and all of those just right there. And, and they're worth, you know, for $40,000 to repair. And it it was like, wow, I was just amazed thinking about like a newborn baby. What if you had to pay for every little nerve or ligament or hair, or, (laughs) I mean, you, it's just. Our bodies and our lives experiences and our time here is just so precious. And so that's kind of what I wanted to share for my oops moment, because it just goes right along with gratitude for doctors. Thank you, Cole. Thank you, Christina, for your sacrifices. Thank you, all of you out there who are, you know, those on the front lines with COVID, those who help out with cancer patients, those who help out with uh, injuries or things that come up we're just grateful for what you do for us and uh, the time and the energy you put into your education and the sacrifices you make. And then just, oh, so grateful for our bodies and and this time that we have here. And it's good. It is good. So thanks for letting us share today. We love you guys and we honor you in, in your struggles and Hope that as we share some things that have helped us that you can be strengthened up and take that time to, to do those things that are important to you. Number one, make that time, make those relationships that are important to you really uh, a focus and then take that time to take care of you. Find some time for gratitude, meditation, and just self-care, that nice hot bath you deserve or whatever it is that you enjoy exercise time with friends anyway we love you take some time for you and go make your dreams happen (laughs) (laughs) are you feeling stuck in an area of life relationships money organization health or happiness we want to help you get the results you have always wanted and the happiness you are worthy of And so Christina and Liz have started a movement to support you in making positive changes in your life. Arise Now is the
0: best place to start when you are ready to get better results in life and you want positive support, effective tools and strong motivation to make it happen.
1: And that's why we started our movement, Arise Now. Arise Now is a three month support group
0: with all of this and more. In Arise Now, you will learn to make vision boards work for you. You will have the support to set and accomplish a 30-day goal, daily accountability, and enjoy a safe, supportive community to start Arising and Thriving Now.
1: You will receive five weekly live trainings, including learning to use valuable tools and techniques to help you start shifting your mindset from surviving to thriving. We wanna help you Arise Now. We believe in you. We know that you have what it takes to make your dreams a reality, and now you have the support to do it.
0: Join us for our next Arise Now movement. Click on the link in the show notes to claim your spot to Arise Now, or go to our website and enter your email for more details at ariseandthrivelife.com.